No, I listen to it all the time. I tell all my friends to smack it raw. Contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the host are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Return to Wrestling, the podcast where we turn back time to before what? You don't like the share reference? <laughs> I just wasn't ready for it. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Before DX told us that it was okay to walk around and tell our siblings, neighbors, friends, family to suck it, or before the NWO was too sweet. Before The Rock ever laid the smackdown or Stone Cold ever dropped a stunner on Vince McMahon. As a matter of fact, I, your host, the Warden Matt Ritter, and my co-host, Sir Custalot Travis Pointer, was that are going back to January 1st, 1996 to cover a block of Monday Nitro uh, leading up to and including Super Brawl 6. I'm sorry in advance. Travis, here's the thing. If you listen to the Smack and Raw podcast, you know Travis likes bad wrestling. Travis likes shitty wrestling and shitty gimmicks and just really bad shit. So I'm pretty sure that's why Travis wanted to start. It's fun. No, this was fucking. So here, I'm going to be completely honest with you. My wife had a bridal shower. I spent the whole day. I watched six nitros. I had to stop and wait a week and a half to go watch Super Brawl before we could record this because I couldn't take anymore. It was so bad. And Nobody Super Brawl told you to sit and watch six Nitros so in a row? Much so bad. worse. Well, no, I sat and watched six Nitros because Travis is like, hey, let's record another podcast. And I'm like, okay. And then I go and watch six Nitros. I'm like, Travis, what did you do? He goes, oh, I got through two and then I fell asleep. I thought we were recording that weekend. I thought I needed to get the shit done. Well, see, here's the thing. We would have because my plan was to go through Clash of the Champions. You're the one that went all the way through all six Nitros. Would have only been three. You told me that we were only covering Nitros and pay-per-views, and Clash of the Champions was neither a Nitro or a pay-per-view. Well, technically, nothing that WWE does right now is a pay-per-view either, but we still call it that. Clash of Champions was treated like a pay-per-view. I didn't even watch Clash of Champions, so we're not covering that here. Um, fuck, let's get into this. We kick off New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, 1996 Nitro. Arn Anderson versus Macho Man. Arn gets uh Macho gets the win. Arn's got brass knuckles in his trunks. He tries to use them. Macho Man gets a hold of them. There's just some weird shit here. There's a uniformed officer, like, ringside for no reason whatsoever. He's just kind of hanging out there inside the barricade, chilling, or outside the barricade, chilling, watching the show. No, he was watching the show. He was in the seats, Travis, in uniform. Yeah, he's security. Uh, They – 
Um, Macho Man took an arm bar into the ropes, but there was no rope break. Like, this is my problem with WCW is the same problem that I have with AEW uh, currently. You don't know what the fucking rules are. Like, the announcers are still talking about people getting thrown over the top rope, and that should be the end of the match because that was a WCW thing, but it's not happening. And there's, like, no explanation. Fucking, you're in the ropes. Someone's got an arm bar on you, but there's no fucking rope break. But this is just a normal match. Yeah, well, you know. They they were in a transition period, sir. You know? Yeah. We've also got uh, Benoit and Pillman uh, pissed off because Macho used the brass knucks, even though Arn introduced them. Mind you, Chris Benoit and Brian Pillman, who are both no longer with us at this point in time, are both part of the Four Horsemen. Also, as a reminder, we have an uneasy alliance between the Dungeon of Doom and the Four Horsemen, basically all because Brian Pillman's an asshole. Yeah, yeah, he's fucking nuts. So Benoit has a match against William Regal, and when I say that now in 2019, that sounds like it's going to be the greatest thing I have ever seen in my life. Chris Benoit and William Regal, two of the best wrestlers of all time, Having a match on a Nitro, that's must-see. It was a good match, but it wasn't anything. So I'm saying uh, it was a good match. It, you made it sound like you just shit the bed. It's just I got really excited when I heard that, and it, it was a good match. But what I found really interesting is Benoit hit a, Stroking your dick too early. Go ahead. Keep going. Benoit hit a tombstone on William Regal. He did. I thought at this point in time, like, you weren't using other people, even though they were another company, like, you weren't using other people's finishes out of respect, but they just straight up used this as a regular move, and you see it nowadays. But back then, I thought it was a little more sacred, like... Ah, uh, because wait till we get a little bit later. A certain uh, former football player starts using a tombstone as his finisher. The disrespect. Yeah, yeah. It's very disrespectful. Pillman's pissed off because both Arn and Benoit lost. He's going off. Uh, the Dungeon of Doom come down because apparently even though they have an alliance, they don't have an alliance and they want to fight. The Giants got to stop the Dungeon of Doom from getting destroyed by the Four Horsemen. Yeah, somehow the Giants, the voice of reason here. Yeah. Um, also, mind you, the Giant is still being played up as the son of Andre the Giant. And I've got a question for you, Travis. What's your question? Andre the Giant's name was Andre. The Giant was the descriptor. Why wasn't he Paul the Giant or John the Giant or Bill the Giant? Why well, didn't he have a fucking name? Because he's, he's like, you know, the ultimate warrior. He got his name legally changed. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. No, because in a few years, he's going to be the big show. And it's not going to be the Giant, the big show. It's Paul White when he first shows up. Yeah, that's, that's his, his real name. That's his ring name. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I just, I love how they're like, he's Andre the Giant's son, the Giant, like, if anything, the giant would be his last name. So why would we call him by his last name? They just call him the giant. That's not actually his name. He doesn't have a name. Yeah, he's just a giant. He's just a big oh. motherfucker. Okay. Then we get... Uh, here's the thing. This entire six episodes of Monday Nitro that we're going to go through focus around two things. Hulk Hogan and... Lex Luger being a piece of shit and Sting being too stupid to realize it. If I remember correctly, though, you'll be a lot happier after this. We'll see. Because there'll be a lot less Hulk Hogan for a while, if I'm remembering correctly. 
<laughs> Thank God. Uh, Sting and Luger take on the Super Assassins. Wow, my autocorrect must have fucked that up. But uh, you can't read your own. Well, no, so I'll, I'll read you exactly what this says. Sting and Luger versus Super Assassins interrupted by a pit bull looking for a manager. Not a pit bull. Pitman. Yeah, pit bull, pitman. Yeah. yeah. Looking for a manager. Yeah. 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 No, it, it definitely autocorrected. I'm like, a pit bull looking for a manager? That's fucking weird. Um, yeah, no, randomly in the middle of the match, we just cut over there. Super Assassins turn out to be Barbarian and Warlord. Um, Luger and Sting both lock in their finishers for the win. You got Luger with the Torture Rack, Sting with the Scorpion Deathlock. Um, let me get a giant interview, and I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea what the fuck this guy said. He screamed a lot. There was a lot of spit flying out of his mouth, but not a coherent word in well, any look, of it. The, the, the gist of any giant interview is I'm a big motherfucker, and I'm going to crush you. Well, Mean Gene didn't understand a word he said, but I think he said something along the lines of fuck Hulk Hogan. Cause yeah, basically. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, he was, you know, in essence, that's what he was saying. Like, you know, fuck you, Hulk Hogan, and I'm going to crush you because I'm big as fuck. Asuka doing a promo in Japanese made more sense than this shit did. That was weird. Uh, and then, of course, our main event, Hogan versus Flair for the title. We got the 12-time champion at this point, Ric Flair. Um, it's weird because I'm looking at these guys and at the, at the time, the perception, especially what WWF was trying to tell us was these guys are so old, but seeing them now in 2019 and how active they were after this, they look young as fuck. Like they weren't that fucking old. The yeah, only thing you got is, you know, Savage and Hogan going bald, but that's about it. <laughs> So fucking Hulk Hogan costs himself the title. Like he could have won it. He costs himself the title. He no sells the brass knucks that uh, Arn Anderson took out. Um, and then he reached into Arn Anderson's shorts and gave Arn Anderson a hand job live on fucking TV. Like <laughs> no bullshit. <laughs> Macho comes out to help after the match gets thrown out. Uh, I think they screwed up. I think Hulk Hogan was supposed to grab those brass knuckles that were in there and couldn't grab them. Oh, he grabbed some brass something, all right, but it wasn't <laughs> knuckles. Yeah, no, he was feeling around in there a lot longer than a man should have been comfortable feeling around in yeah, there. I'm not, I'm not saying he was comfortable with it. I'm just saying he was probably looking for the brass knuckles, and, you know, it didn't work out that way. You know what? I actually – I don't know if you heard this, but I was listening really closely. And before Hulk Hogan reached down there, Arn Anderson looked at him. He's like – this isn't just any cock. This is my cock. And then Hogan reached in and took his cock. He gave him his cock. Too soon. Why is it too soon? We haven't even gotten there yet, man. Oh, no. My spot's way, way down the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got time for that. We need you to leave that alone. That's what Hogan needed to do with his fucking dick, but he didn't listen. So, like I said, the match gets thrown out. Macho Man comes down to help. Uh... After the giant brings a bar stool to the ring, because apparently that was just laying around in the back, like fuck. Yeah, it. I mean, well, yeah, that was laying around the back, and there's random shit always under the ring. You know, why are there kendo sticks under the ring, Matt? Like it's just who the fuck knows. That's a good point. Uh, and then we end the show with an interview. 
why do we keep ending Monday Night Nitro with a fucking interview? Why do we keep going off air? Monday Nitro, sir. Yeah, not Monday not, Nitro. It, it's going to keep Night happening. Nitro, all right? It's going to keep happening. Get your shit together. Uh, why do we keep ending Monday Nitro with a fucking interview? Like, why is it always going to be Hulk well, Hogan? And it all mockingly doesn't change the fact that you can't say the name of the show right. Hulk Hogan and Macho Man the standing in the ring. Now invalid because you don't even know the name of the show with mean gene doing a fucking interview and i don't even know what the fuck they're talking about like nothing they said here made sense at all he just says brother a lot that's that's what hulk hogan does that's and it. macho man just yells and says oh yeah yeah and and the crowd eats it up that's all they gotta do yeah uh, we roll into january 8th 1996 uh benoit's taking on alex right here why why wasn't Alex Wright bigger in wrestling? Because it is. He was a talented motherfucker, and he got uh, uh he just got screwed over with a shitty gimmick. I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> uh his dancing, man, you know. We also I, have I don't know if we'll get this far, but at some point he starts teaming with Disco Inferno and it's funny as hell. Let, 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 let's talk about this for a second. Last week we had Chris Benoit versus William Regal. This week, we have William Regal versus Eddie Guerrero. Yet Hulk Hogan jerking off Arn Anderson is the main event of the fucking show. Because those are the stars. You got Hulk Hogan, at this point, the biggest star wrestling I'd ever seen. And you have Arn Anderson, number two in the Four Horsemen. Doesn't get much bigger than that in WCW, especially for a Nitro. Except for all the random title matches they have. We're not going to talk about that, though. William Regal loses to Eddie Guerrero during the match. Instead of talking about the match or letting us enjoy it, all Eric Bischoff is doing is shitting on the WWF. Oh, was this the point where he was like giving away the finishes and shit? Uh, not just giving away the finishes, but just talking shit about the promotion, like the entire match. Yeah. Just fuck them. Uh, we find out that Sting and Luger are officially a tag team. Then also, see, now, if I read, like, if I just sat down and I gave you a match card and I told you the matches, you'd think this is the greatest show ever. Yeah. DDP versus Sting. William yeah. Regal versus Eddie Guerrero. So this is DDP before, <laughs> before he was really DDP, though. Like, I understand that, but I'm just saying, 2019, where we are now, if I were just to be like, so I got a show I want you to watch, and it's William Regal versus Eddie Guerrero, Sting versus DDP, and the Four Horsemen versus the Mega Powers. That sounds like a dope-ass show. It does, but you got to think. These aren't dope-ass shows. William Regal was still going through his drug shit. Still, Stephen Regal. Yeah. Lord Stephen Regal was still going through his, his drug shit. So he Is this was, around the time where he, uh, he pissed on the airplane? I don't know. I'm not sure when that happened. I know he did it, but I don't remember when that happened. And then... What was the other one? Oh, DDP versus Sting. This is before DDP was really DDP. He had just really started working, you know. He did have Kimberly with him, and he's still feuding with Johnny B. Bad, or for those of you who are non-WCW fans like I was and knew him as Mark Marrow, Mark Marrow. Um, Johnny B. Bad. A lot of these undercard stories that we're going to get at the pay-per-view are all told on WCW Saturday night. And we're not watching WCW Saturday night, so I will it's say. Really not. That's the thing. They really weren't. Like, WCW Saturday night was just random throwaway matches. Now, once Nitro started up. 
Okay. I mean, from what I've been told by the people on Nitro, we're getting Johnny yeah, Bad versus DDP yeah, you interactions. Magic, but they didn't mean anything. Conan winning the U.S. title, stuff that we didn't see happen on Nitro was happening over yeah, there but on it Saturday. Was the US title. Nobody gave a shit about the U.S. title back then. Like You wouldn't have known he was the U.S. champ if they hadn't said it. Sting beats DDP. And then uh, Flair and Arn take on the Mega Powers. Hogan tries to pull down Flair's trunks. Ooh, never mind. What? Nothing. Go ahead. Who's your what? Nothing. 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 Who am I calling the Mega Powers? No. Just keep going. Don't worry about it. Well, here's the thing. Like, it has absolutely nothing to do with what you're saying. That's what. That's last what week, Hogan jerked off our Arn Anderson. This week, he's trying to take a look at the uh, the baby arm on Ric Flair. He's trying to get his trunks off in the like. The goal of the match is not. This is not an evening gown match. This is not a bra and panties match. This is a motherfucking wrestling match. You're supposed to win. Not touch your opponent's junk or take off their shorts. So I think he was disappointed that he didn't bring um, Arn Anderson to completion. So Macho does all the selling because you know Hogan Hogan doesn't sell uh, for Flair and Arn. Hogan and Savage both steal the figure four. Hogan no sells an Arn Anderson spine buster because this is the point in time in WCW where Hogan no sells fucking everything from everyone. Because he's Hulk Hogan and fuck everyone else. I and mean, their finishes for a decade. So, I mean, why would he stop now? Uh, Dungeon of Doom comes down. They brawl with the horsemen uh, while the giant fumbles around with Hogan and Savage. Let me go you, off air. If you've been doing something for over a decade, and the way you've been doing it has made you millions and millions of dollars, would you stop doing it that way? Once I stopped making millions and millions of dollars, yeah. But he was still making millions and millions of dollars. Okay, no, so here's the difference. He was getting paid millions and millions of dollars no matter what he did at this point. Because of what he had done previously. Yes, but what he's doing isn't making the money. He's getting money for what he had done previously. What he's doing isn't doing now. They are not making millions and millions of dollars in WCW right now. They aren't doing shit in WCW right now. They're probably fucking tanking right now no they're really not see if you see this is why you got to pay attention to what things are happening the trend is going upward at this point not not fast but it is going upward they may have turned a dollar profit but they are not making millions and millions of dollars like hulk hogan was okay he is that's what i'm talking about and the thing is you got to look at what this is it was to them it was a tv show it wasn't their goal to make millions of dollars off of this shit it was sell advertising space and that's what they did. But he could have done anything. No, he couldn't have done anything. He had to be Hulk Hogan. That's who they bought. They bought Hulk Hogan, so he had to be Hulk Hogan. <sighs> He's fucking garbage in the ring, Travis. He's fucking garbage. I don't I've care never what we're doing. Here's that's the thing. thing. This but is I've 1996. This is not 1986. I don't... Okay. That you saying... If you did something for millions and millions and millions or for decades and decades and decades and it worked and it made you millions and millions and millions of dollars, would you stop doing it? Yeah. I get that point. But That's if all it's I'm saying. but if it's wrong, it's wrong. Nobody what's what's why how is it wrong? Because he's basically making everyone else look bad to but make himself all look still good. Still getting paid, sir. Like, he made who look bad? Ric Flair? 
Arn Anderson. How bad, is, how bad do you think he damaged Ric Flair? Arn Anderson. How bad do you think he really damaged Arn Anderson? He's fucking Arn Anderson. You say that now. He was still Arn Anderson then. People cared more about Arn Anderson then than they do now. I disagree with that. I, th I feel like Arn Anderson has earned a lot of respect after this WCW run compared to what he had around this time. After the WCW run? Now. Nowadays, people look at back at Arn Anderson and see truly what he was capable of and what he did and respect him more than they did at the time. Because, honestly, he was one of the best promos. He was one of the best in-ring workers. He probably could have been champion instead of playing second fiddle to Ric Flair all those years. But they didn't give him the chance because he was just the enforcer. He wasn't – they didn't – as fans view him the way that we view him now. Yeah, if you say so. My thing is he found a good spot and he worked in that spot. And then he gave it to Kurt Hennig. Hennig. That's why I said Kurt Hennig. No, you said Hennig. No, I said Hennig. You didn't. You said Hennig. No, I said Hennig. You did not. Okay. You're a liar. Uh, I'm a liar. This is just more Dungeon of Doom, Four Horsemen. Like, I don't understand why we need to watch the two heel factions fight when they still are both trying to destroy Hulk Hogan and Macho Man. Like, the creative here doesn't make sense. I never gave a shit about what was going on between the Four Horsemen and the Dungeon of Doom watching this. Well, that's because you really didn't give a shit about the Dungeon of Doom when nobody did. Only part of the Dungeon of Doom that anybody gave a shit about was the fact that Luger is kind of with them and they have the giant. Speaking of which, January 15th, 1996, we start off with or, uh, Luger versus Savage. It's still really unclear at this point. You know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Unclear about what? If Luger's a good guy or oh, a, bad a bad guy. guy. Well, it's not unclear. He's because he's guy. because these last two weeks he's been teaming with Sting, so and he hasn't done heel he's shit. A piece of when shit. We find that out later in the next couple weeks, Travis. But the last couple weeks that we've been watching their interactions, Luger's been a good guy. His interactions with Sting, but not the way he is in the ring. He, we will get there. We're not there yet. What are you talking about? He was doing that already. Not the last two weeks. He wasn't. Yeah, he was. Really, he because paying attention. he wasn't doing anything wrong when he was facing the super assassin with Sting, and that was the only fucking match he had over the last two weeks. I need you to watch that match again. Okay. I, I, I will say, when the super assassins came out, I kind of tuned out a little bit. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I need you to watch that match again. Um, four Horsemen in the Dungeon of Doom have a summit. Uh, they want to join forces. Pillman gets bitch slapped, and Benoit looks like a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> okay, Matt. He did. He was out there dressed like a Jehovah's Witness, just kind of standing there all quiet. Like, I don't know. Uh, basically, Pillman gets bitch slapped because, as Travis said, Pillman's crazy, and Pillman is speaking up, and he doesn't really know his place in the four horsemen. He thinks, I'm a horseman now. I can say and do whatever I want, and that's not really the case. He's, you got to fall in line. Arn's trying to get Ric Flair's plan to destroy Hulk Hogan underway. You know the story behind all that, right? Behind uh, Pillman, Pillman and Sullivan? Yeah, the Pillman stuff. Like, the way Pillman's been acting at this point, like what they're, like, we're trying to do. 
Yeah, they were trying to uh, trick the boys. Yeah, they're trying to do this whole loose cannon thing. Yeah, and he was supposed to like go away for a while, get himself over using that, and then come back later bigger. But you know, didn't work because you know, WCW. You know what else didn't work? Uh, the American males, who uh, are former WCW champions, American males. They take on Public Enemy. Um, I can't wait till we talk about Public Enemy at Super Brawl. By sir, the way, sir, sir, this is Marcus. AKA Buff Bagwell, all right? And Scotty yeah. Riggs. Yeah, it's the blind guy from the flock. And he's the not dude, blind. He still has one good eye. Okay, it's the it's the fake pirate from the flock. He's not and even a fake pirate. Like his eye got <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Travis, if you wear an eye patch, you're a fucking pirate or a wannabe pirate. That's the only reason to wear an eye patch. Or the fact that your eye's fucked up. Because he wanted to be a pirate. No, because his eye got fucked up. Like legit fucked up and marcus bagwell aka my mom get to that shit is the like the most disturbing shit you'll see in a while but anyway go ahead marcus bagwell aka my mom shaves my junk the american gigolo or no uh what's that it's not american gigolos yeah he's on he was on a season of gigolos was he yeah oh male escort former professional wrestler turned male escort who let his mom shave his junk. I was unaware. He gets splashed through two tables by public enemy. Um, they look like they were made in an inner city shop class. Like these are two of the shittiest tables I've ever seen. I don't know where they got them. You got them from tables R us. We got a flair versus sting for the title. And it's not the main event of the show. You know why? Yeah, because Hogan was on the show. Hogan versus Ming is main eventing <laughs> over Flair versus Sting for the fucking title. <laughs> I repeat, Hogan versus Meng is main eventing over Flair versus Sting for the WCW championship. As we continue, you will see a trend of where the WCW championship, the most prestigious title in WCW, the thing that everyone's supposed to be fighting for, takes second fiddle to fucking Hulk Hogan. They pay good money for him. And you wonder why I don't like the guy. I am a firm believer that nothing, not even The Undertaker, should main event over the championship. At WrestleMania, the winner of the Royal Rumble, whether it be men or women now, whichever is decided main events that show they go on last because it is the championship that is the whole point of the royal rumble i don't care if fucking undertaker sting is happening you do not put that on last the title goes on last it should always go on last mm, you say so not fucking hulk hogan and mang he's not even fighting it like He's fucking fighting man. I Mang. still maintain that that Rock Hulk Hogan match in Mania should have been the main event, but that's just me. Go ahead. Disagree. Uh, respectfully. You're allowed to be wrong. Continue. I made my... Well, no, I made my point. The title should be the main focus. It should be the last thing on, no matter what. I know. I heard you. Um, You're wrong, but it's cool. So Luger costing the title, quote-unquote, trying to help. Um, then he runs off with the heels when Hogan and Savage hit the ring. So now you've got... Sting's tag team partner costing him the title and leaving with the bad guys that just beat his tag team partner for the title. 
because Hogan and Flair or uh, Hogan and Savage hit the ring to save Sting. Luger doesn't stick around to like apologize or say, "Hey, man, I'm sorry, I didn't mean." Like he runs away like a little bitch. Um, Sting's apparently an idiot and doesn't even realize Luger's the reason he lost. That's and then cool. we get more ridiculousness from Hogan and Savage before Hogan cheats to beat Ming. Why are you looking at me like that? Like Because we were having a conversation the other day about some shit. And a lot of conversations, man. I need you to be more specific. You brought up something about a spike. You thought I was talking about a spike. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this would be the spike match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I got you. I remember now. You want to talk about the spike a little bit? What's there to talk about? The fact that they thought Hulk Hogan was a vampire and tried to drive a stake through his heart. Shit happens. I kind of wish they had succeeded. I'm not well, going to lie. Know, you, you know, you, you just, you're an evil bastard. So, you know. I don't even know. Oh, so Hogan and Savage at the end of the match were kind of arguing back and forth and Savage is doing Savage. He doesn't really trust anyone and he doesn't, you know, that's, Savage will make friends, and then all of a sudden he'll be like, you know what? I don't know about you or if I can trust you. And then he's like, oh, everything's cool again. And then it's like, ah, no, 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 no. I think you're up to something. Why are you trying to screw me here? <laughs> Fucking. So they're doing that, but then he comes down to save Hulk Hogan after that bullshit that they did at the end of the last match. So he's still down there selling for Hogan, saving Hogan, being Hogan's little backup. What? I think that if <laughs> Savage was the third man, the NWO would have been just as big as it was with that. I don't think we needed Hogan. I really don't. We'll get we'll get there in a few months. That makes absolutely no sense, but continue. No, I disagree. Uh Conan starts off Monday Nitro, January twenty second, nineteen ninety six, as the Mexican heavyweight champion. And for a second I thought two things. One, was there a WCW Mexican heavyweight champion? No. Because if there wasn't, why are we talking about it? And two, is that a toy belt? Because it looked like a toy belt. No, he won it down in Mexico. Was it made in Mexico? Probably. That's why it looked like a toy belt. Um, next match, Macho Man comes out with his own hoe train. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is where Godfather stole the idea from. He's got Medusa and Woman. And this is where shit starts to get weird, everyone. Because we are getting into a point in time where we've got Woman and Chris Benoit and some other people we'll talk about later as part of a story. And everyone in it but Hulk Hogan's dead. And he's the only one that I don't want living. Is everybody dead? No, they're not all dead. Flair's alive. We're not talking about Flair. I'm talking about when we get to, well, we'll get there. We'll talk about it. We'll talk okay. about it. So Macho Man's got his hoe train. Medusa and woman are part of it. Um, but he saved his bottom bitch for last. Hogan comes out last. Um, we get Savage versus Flair for the title. Also does not main event. Randy Savage versus Ric Flair for the title. Not the main event. 
Arn comes down with the Nux, but doesn't save Flair. Hogan comes in with the save. Bell rings, and the ref counts three but after the bell rings, which was fucking weird. Uh, I don't know if Savage is champion. And then Savage is mad at Hogan for celebrating the fact that Savage won. <laughs> Just weird fucking shit. Well, you know, Savage is like, weird. Here's the thing. Savage is champion. We were, we were going to find out Savage is champion. He won the title from Ric Flair. But at the end of the match, the bell rang before the ref counted three. So I didn't know who won the fucking match or what the fuck was going on. And then Savage isn't celebrating being champion. He's busy being pissed off at Hulk Hogan, who's celebrating like he won the match because it's fucking Hulk Hogan and no one else can, you know, have anything. Then we get Malenko versus Pillman. Uh, Malenko loses to Pillman because Malenko should lose everything. Let's, let's touch on Malenko for a second because I know you – have this seriously like deep dislike for Malenko for Here's very odd reasons. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I did. I really, really, really did, but I don't anymore. For very odd reasons. But anyway. I respect Dean Malenko and what he was capable of. I don't think he had any fucking personality inside the ring, but he was one hell of a technician. Well, let's talk about him and his technique. Because okay. the problem with Malenko's technique, <laughs> everything looked way too clean when you watch him and there's a lot of times he does like it's kind of weird to say this but he like he more often than i'm comfortable with tended to i guess telegraph his maneuvers you know okay like there's times when he like dropped down you know after doing the Irish whip like way too early you know or like times where they like i saw this one match with him and eddie guerrero when he did this little like thing where he like ducked down to do a backdrop and Eddie like did this little spin over his head, but he the way he ducked down is like he was waiting on Eddie to come over, and all. it was just so weird. There's a lot of times you watch him, you'll see stuff like that from him, and it's just he like, uh. he runs his own pace, and he doesn't necessarily pace himself to the person he's wrestling. Yeah, that could be it. It's just it seems like the things a lot of times, like I said, seem too smooth, and he tends to telegraph because he gets into positions way too early. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, he also got into a shower with Lita way too early and fucking made me hate him for like five years. So, you know you wanted me to talk about it. You didn't bring it up because you didn't want me to talk about why I hated Dean Malenko for like five or six years straight. And it was because I was obsessed with Lita and because he was stalking Lita and it was very, it was very weird. I was young. I was really young. All right. Cut me some slack. I was a child. I didn't know any better. Anyway. Sting and Lex Luger take on Harlem Heat. Uh, um, so I guess they're okay after Luger costs Sting the title. Luger yeah, punches boy. Booker. You uh-huh. punch me the title, we still boys. I'm going to whoop your ass, but we still boys. Luger punches Booker with a roll of silver dollars in his hand. In his hand. Not outside of his hand. He's fucking holding them and punches him. Yeah, Travis. Never heard of a, uh, I'm like, it's like a monkey fist. Never heard of a monkey fist? If I hold a roll of quarters in my hand and I punch you, it's not going to hurt any more than if I punched you without the roll yeah, of quarters in my does. hand. Let me tell you why. So okay. here's the thing. Like, it's the same concept as the monkey fist. Like, a, the monkey fist is like this ball of rope, basically. And you hold it in your hand, and it kind of, like, solidifies your fist for when you punch. Same, same concept with that roll of silver dollars. Like, gets rid of all the give in your fist for when you punch. 
But here's the thing. After he hits them, there are silver dollars everywhere. And the ref, and Stevie Ray, and Sting, and everyone that's a part of that match doesn't seem to notice the ring littered with silver dollars. No one's asking questions. Well, we've talked no one about wants to know idiot. why they're there. We've talked about the idiocy of refs all over for like for years now. So, you know, are you really surprised? And we'll be talking about it some more tomorrow. Um, like, you know, they do things like, you know, call DQs and matches that have no DQ. You know, they do stupid shit. Macho Man has his hoe train and beats Flair for the title. But the main event is Hulk Hogan versus Akeem the African of Dream. It's not Akeem the African Dream, sir. It was one man gang. And one man gang was? Some fat dude. Akeem the African Dream. They're the same person. I mean, at some point, he may have gone by that name. That was one man gang. This is the main event. Dungeon of Doom's main event is Hulk Hogan versus one man gang. Not the giant. Not... I can't even say because we're not there yet. Fucking one-man gang. Fucking Akeem the African Dream versus Hulk Hogan main events Nitro over Ric Flair versus Macho Man for the title with a fucking title change. Yo, listen. I'm just saying it could have been worse. He could have had a match against the Yeti. Oh, we're trust me. When we get to the main event of fucking Super Brawl, we're going to have some Dungeon of Doom discussion. We'll get there. Don't worry. I'm just saying it could have been the Yeti, all right? Hogan, of course, wins because Hogan doesn't lose. Uh, the yeah, Four man, Horsemen. The American mate. The, the Four Horsemen of Doom attack. The red, and white, and blue running through his veins. Savage comes down to save them. They fight off 20 guys. in the U.S. of A. Basically putting in no effort. They're beating up 20 guys like fucking it's the easiest thing in the world. They're not even trying. I mean, it's Hulk Hogan. He doesn't have to try. Dude, I cannot I cannot wait till Super Brawl. Oh, I can't wait till Super Brawl. Um, and then we get more of the Macho Hogan BS. Like, Macho just won the fucking title. You'd think he'd be happy. He's got a fucking hoe train. you think Macho Man, instead of worrying about motherfucking Hulk Hogan, who's main eventing against Mang and fucking Akeem the African Dream over him, would be back at the hotel with his early nights fucking his hoe train and enjoying his he'd be walking around just wearing the title belt saying oh yeah and getting his dick sucked but no i would do he hung out at nitro and waited for hogan to get attacked so he could that's come down mean. and save hogan's ass again that's basically what i did with my fantasy football championship belt just walked around naked with just the belt on yeah it was a great day and this is what happens when you don't go and have sex with the hoe train and enjoy your title wins you come to Nitro the next week, and now Hogan has your hoe train. Hogan's coming out with your hoe train, and in this hoe train is Linda, his wife. He's added her to the hoe train. Did you notice that? Did you see Linda there? Yes, I did see Linda. But that's not it. This is where it gets really fucking weird. Now we add Miss Elizabeth. She's back. <sighs> Ah. <laughs> 
so funny seeing you going through your notes and being like utterly confused by them because they make no sense because what happens usually doesn't make much sense. And you Get see really, it written down like this can't be what it says. And you're okay. like, oh, that is what it says. I'm just going to read this. I'm going to read this because I didn't even put that there was a fucking match in here, but apparently there was. Hogan steals Macho's hoe train, kicks some out, adds his wife and Savage's ex. Must be going on first so Linda and Liz can take turns stroking Hogan's ego after the match. Jimmy Hart sexually assaults Liz outside the ring while Flair gets the win after Liz's shoe is used to poke out Hogan's eye by Arn. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I mean when, somebody, when I say you had to look at it again to make sure that was what it said. But go ahead. Apparently this was Hogan versus Flair kicking off the show. And the only reason Hogan didn't main event was because Hogan wanted to go back to the hotel and have a threesome with his wife and Miss Elizabeth while Macho Man stayed back at fucking Nitro to handle Hogan's business for him. I mean, can you blame him? Arn Anderson, after watching Jimmy Hart rub up on Liz, gets Liz's shoe off because he has a foot fetish, sniffs it, and then sticks it in Hogan's eye. Really? Sniffs it? Yeah. And then... <laughs> Fucking Flair gets the win because of this, because now Hogan is now also a pirate. He is now Scotty Riggs before Scotty Riggs. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, man. Right in the eye. And then I got really pumped for another match. Faces of Fear versus the LOD. Yeah, yeah. Nobody sells anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so great. It's just so great. Uh, I literally put in here, well, I changed. So what I do is when a match starts, I list what the match is. So normally it says like Faces of Fear versus LOD. And then I make my notes. And then after the match ends, I change the V to either loses or wins. So it says Faces of Fear lose to LOD. This should be good. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> uh. Sullivan and Hugh Morris take an interview what with Arn and Rush. Sullivan and Hugh Morris take an interview with Arn and Pillman. Um, Arn says he's going to spank Pillman. That's not good enough for Sullivan and Hugh Morris, so they attack Pillman and then start whipping him with Arn's belt. This got really fucking like Arn was going to take his belt off and spank Pillman. So then Sullivan and Hugh Morris, instead of letting that happen, bum rush them take Arn's belt, and then start whipping Arn with his own belt and Pillman. Why? Why not just let Arn handle his own business? Because nothing the Dungeon of Doom does make sense. Hold on a second. I am ignoring you because I am doing a podcast. Stop calling me. I will call you when I am done. That's all I wanted to know. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Like, Oh, dude disappears for months at a time and then wants to throw a hissy fit when somebody doesn't answer him. Really? Oh, oh, he just hung up. He didn't want to have that conversation. Yeah, I bet. I yeah, bet. Uh, -huh. uh where the fuck? Okay, yeah. So just a weird what the fuck moment. Why am I watching fucking Kevin Sullivan, the taskmaster, spank Arn Anderson with his own belt? Like, just fucking weird. Uh, we also get Sherry versus Medusa after Medusa ruined Sherry's wedding to uh colonel sanders i like the sonya blade look that medusa had going on here that was kind of cool um pretty sure that medusa kicked out but they give the win to sherry anyway yeah who cares 
And then I'm gonna do some murder sherry after like match. In a, like a you know, joking kind of way. Like literally, who cares? It felt like that as the match was going on. <laughs> uh, Medusa destroys Sherry after the match. Then our main event, while Hogan is getting sucked off by Miss Elizabeth and Linda McMahon. Again, He's, can you blame him? Did I say Linda McMahon? I meant Linda yeah, Hogan. Yeah, you meant Linda Hogan, but yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe that too. You never know. That was probably Savage it. versus the Giant. Uh Savage jumps the giant with the belt. There is no match. Flair attacks Savage, and the giant and Flair end up killing Savage. No one helps because they're all fucking Hogan in the back. Uh, they always say that the giant uses one hand, but he's holding. He, technically, he's using two hands. It's not a one-handed choke slam. You hold the guy from the back when you do it. Lean into the mic, sir. It's not a one-handed choke slam if you're holding the guys back when you pick them up and bring them down. That is a yeah. two-handed choke slam. This is true. But they always refer to it as the one-handed choke. It's not. Well, I mean, I guess they refer to a two-handed choke slam and both hands are on the throat. I mean, it's a one-handed choke with a slam. Also, Big Show's fucking choke slams here look awful. That's because it's the giant doing them, not the Big Show. The giant, the Big Show, Paul White, fucking... Whatever you want to call him, his shit here. I know he's green. I know he had like zero training. They just brought him in, said, Hey, you're really tall. You look like you could be Andre's kid. Come work with Hogan. And like he has no experience, but like his choke slams look so bad at this point in time. Everything he did looked bad. Um he even drove a monster truck bad. After Hogan blows his load, uh apparently he got it in his eye. He runs out with an eye patch on. Um and still found a way to deliver the weakest chair shots in history to end the show. Well, I, mean, I don't know. He had to make huh? sure. Well, I mean, he couldn't see, so he wasn't sure who he was hitting, so he didn't want to hit him too hard. He does this again at Super Brawl, and we're going to talk about that. I don't know who taught Hogan how to swing a fucking chair, but it is terrible. The way he holds it, the lack of force that he uses, they look so bad. Oh, they do. Like, like I, I'm praying for ECW to come along and rectify the situation, show us what chair shots look like, because this is terrible. It's awful. He's basically just going like this. Yeah, He's not was? swinging it. He's just kind of shaking it. I'm trying to remember who it was we were watching before. Like, they had, like, really awful chair shots. It wasn't him, though. I don't remember. Uh, after the match, Flair did a bunch of blow and then invaded the commentary booth with uh, the Giant and just started screaming nonsense about Hulk Hogan. I mean, he's not a fan. And then it's our go-home show, February 5th, 1996. Now, mind you, you guys are like, man, these shows seem all really short because thankfully there is a God and these shows are only an hour long. Thankfully, I'm not put right now through a two- three-hour Hulk Hogan hump fest. I've only got to endure an hour at a time, which is why I made it through six of these before I needed to take a break. Nitro kicks off with another world championship match because Savage is the champion. And this is where it gets weird, and this is what I'm talking about, Travis. This is Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth and woman versus Chris Benoit. Everyone's dead. Yeah, they're all dead. Savage died in a car accident. Because he had a heart attack in the car. 
Miss Elizabeth may or may not have had a drug overdose due to her association with Lex Luger. And we know what happened to the Benoit family. Yeah. I'm not one of those people like, I don't have a problem going back and watching Chris Benoit's WWF shit. But seeing him and his future wife, because they're not married at this point, and then Macho and his ex-wife all in this match, like, yeah, he it's was, weird. He was just fucking her behind Kevin Sullivan's back at this point. It's weird fucking watching it. It really is. It's yeah. really weird to see. Uh, Flair shows up and woman turns on Savage, helps Flair causing the DQ. Arn and Flair take out Savage. Hogan comes down for the save with the chair that he doesn't know how to use. Uh, and then he tries to give an interview and Flair takes him out and feeds him to the giant. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out like just last week, the dungeon of doom took Arn Anderson's belt and beat him with it. But now they're working together. Like what happened to that? Where'd that problem go? Yeah, you're overthinking it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking logically. I'm thinking that if a man rushes me and takes my belt from me and starts beating me with it, that I'm not going to a week later come out and work with him no, no, cohesively no, no, and have no issues. Me. I'm saying in the context of what WCW is doing at this point, you're overthinking it. Also, I'm, I, I think the Zodiac's a little confused because he's like trying to save Hulk Hogan. He's trying to stop people from hurting Hulk Hogan. No. Yeah. No, he's not. What do you mean, no, he's not? Zodiac's in the Dungeon of Doom. I know where he is. and That's what I'm saying. I think he's confused, Travis, because he stopped them from attacking Hulk Hogan and even muttered the words friend or something along those lines towards Hulk Hogan as he was stopping the four horsemen in Dungeon of Doom from attacking Hulk Hogan. Hmm. And this man, this character, is not the rational, cooler heads prevail kind of guy. So it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, well, you know, it's the booty man. Then immediately after this team up, we have a tag team match, Sullivan and Morris versus Pillman and Arn, because none of this fucking makes sense. They're fighting, and then they're friends, and then they're fighting, and then they're friends, and then they're fighting. Um, yeah, Hugh Morris. And it was humorous. Badoom. They announced that Pillman and Sullivan signed a, what they're going to call a respect match uh, contract. While Pillman and Sullivan are in the ring wrestling right now, they signed it. Uh, the match breaks down. Paul Orendorf, out of nowhere, three months ago. Hold on. I lost you. You said Paul Orendorf what? Comes out of nowhere, throwing back to what, two, three months ago when the fucking four horsemen took him out? Man, it was a while ago. Yeah. Hits arm with a broom from behind a curtain on the rampway. But that wasn't a DQ. Nah. The DQ comes from the strap being used on Pillman. <laughs> look, look. Once again, we've talked about this before. Told you. This early shit's going to piss you off. Because most of it isn't good. But just wait. It'll make it all the more sweeter when it does get good. Uh, 
yeah, but here's the thing. I already know what the good is, and I didn't want to have to suffer through this bullshit to get to the good. Oh, we could just start it with the good. No, you you think you know what the good is, but you weren't really paying attention. What do you mean I wasn't really paying attention? Because you were more of a WWF guy. So when you came down to the choices, you chose WWF over WCW. Oh, no. Watching it live, absolutely. But here's the beautiful thing about it being 2019. Every good thing the NWO ever did has been shown to me in highlight packages and videos and all that shit. Not all of it. Guarantee you, you're going to get some gold that you didn't remember. Everything good the NWO did. Has There's been no shown the way that you've seen all the good that the greatest faction of all time has ever done. Well, yeah, I was a WWF guy, so everything DX did. See, here's the thing the problem with your logic here is we actually did a vote and we determined who the greatest faction of all time was. Just because you don't agree doesn't mean it's wrong. The greatest faction of all time is the New World Order. Buff Bagwell takes on Ric Flair, who's with Woman now. Bagwell loses. Uh, Savage saves Bagwell when Flair doesn't let go of the figure four, trying to, I don't know, break his leg. Who knows? It's just weird. I was going to say, like, of all the shit going on, like, weird time to not let go of the figure four on a random fucking dude. Because that's all Buff Bagwell is right now, is some random fucking dude. Yeah, he had to, like, let them lower card dudes know, like, yo, I'm still Rick fucking Flair. Fuck you. What makes you think you can fight me, you know? And then our main event is Sting and Luger versus the Legion of Doom. Uh, Hart helps Luger cheat again for the win. Legion of Doom's not happy. I put technical difficulties. Did the show end weird? Or did like we lose a feed? Isn't that what happened? I don't know. The thing is, at the end of shows, like, for some reason now, I don't know what's happened recently, but when, like, when I'm watching the network, the, the end of Nitro's, like, get all fucked up. Like it doesn't really show the ending. Like the it like it acts like it's about to start the next one and like loads it on the screen. So I'm really not seeing what's happening, you know? Okay. <laughs> Super Brawl Six. <laughs> First of all, this is 1996, and it feels like I'm watching something from 1986. That's how outdated this shit feels. In the gimmicks, in the look, in the feel, in all of it, this does not feel like what I think 1996 should look like. I don't know, man. How many of those in-your-house pay-per-views have you watched recently? Quite a few, actually. At least matches from them. Yeah, look at those sets and shit, man. Well, I know those sets are bad, but they look like, no, no, no. The in-your-house lettering and the coloring and everything is very fucking 90s. If you think about it, it's very early 90s. Still trash. But it looks like the 90s. This looks like the fucking 80s. Yeah, but they're both trash, so what's the difference? Difference is, if I'm watching the 90s, I want it to feel like I'm watching something in the 90s. Yeah, see, I don't really care about that. I just want to know how good it is. So, we kick off Super Brawl 6 with Public Enemy versus the Nasty Boys. And this is very much 80s versus the 90s because Public Enemy is basically the 90s version of the Nasty Boys and the Dudley Boys are basically the 2000 version of both these teams. Yeah. It's a street fight. And honestly, Travis, I'm watching this and I'm sitting here, I'm like, you know, this is what I thought ECW was before I actually learned what ECW was. This match right here 
is go and watch just this match. If you don't watch anything else we're talking about, don't do that. Go to Super Brawl and watch this match. Don't do that. And you will know at this point in time in 96, 97, 98, when people talked about ECW, what I thought it was. Because this is the epitome of everything I thought ECW was at that time. Yeah, don't watch that shit. It's trash. Wasn't a bad street fight, actually. Yeah. It was a hard it was like a WWF hardcore match. Yeah, it was no, 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 that's not what it was. <laughs> it was public enemy just falling on stuff. And then they set up a table and then they fell on the table. Because the thing is when you watch them, they don't really they don't really jump onto the stuff. They kind of fall forward, you know? <laughs> How are you gonna diss Rock or Rock like that? Because that's just what it is, man. Johnny Grunge, Rock or Rock. Yeah, yeah. Brian Knobs. Well no, that that's pu- that's not public enemy. That's fucking yeah. the nasty boys. I'm just I'm talking about the match in general, all right. Me in this street fight, then and this so apparently at some point they had a better one with uh with Harlem Heat a year prior. But go ahead, Mark Marrow is set up in a rematch again against Diamond Dallas Page. Last time they fought, he won the Diamond Dial and the television title. This time, it's for the Diamond Dial, the television title, and. The rest of Diamond Pay, Diamond Dallas Page's money, which is apparently six point six million dollars, got to get paid. I know what you're thinking. Mark Marrow already took away Kimberly, already took the TV title. They're not going to let him take away six point six million dollars. <laughs> you're wrong, it's Johnny. Be bad. And not only does he take it away, he does it with a fucking tombstone. Ah, uh, yeah. So now I've now seen Chris Benoit and Mark Marrow. Mind you, this is not 2003, 2004 Chris Benoit, world heavyweight. No, 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 no. Fucking new on the scene, fresh out of Japan, Chris Benoit. Nobody gives a shit, Chris Benoit. And motherfucking Mark Marrow win with tombstones on WCW TV. And I have never felt more disrespected in my fucking life. And I told you earlier, it's going to get worse. <laughs> Johnny B. Bad walks away. And here's the thing. Out of everyone in WCW, Diamond Dallas Page is probably hands down my favorite wrestler from that time period. Not like when it was active. Wait, hold on. Say that again. I lost you. Because Diamond of- Dallas Page is hands down probably my favorite wrestler from that time period. Not this specific 1996 time period, but the WCW time period. Really? Yes. And all this time, I thought it was Sting. I loved Sting because I wanted to see Sting fight The Undertaker, and I thought he was a cool gimmick. But if you remember, I wasn't running around yelling, it's showtime, folks, or you know any of that. I was running around throwing up the diamond cutter, and shout and bang. DDP was my guy. I guess. Think about it. I mean, yeah. But I, just, I, I still just always thought. Sting I was thought cool. Sting was really fucking cool. And I wanted to see Sting versus the greatest of all time. I'm the Undertaker. But 
my favorite wrestler out of WCW was always DDP because DDP was fucking awesome. You say so. Um, then we've got, okay, so we have a tag team title match where if you win the match, you get to then defend the titles against the Legion of Doom. Because they wanted a rematch. Okay, Travis. They wanted a rematch against Sting and Luger, right? Yeah, they got it. Okay. Why does it have to be the winner of the match faces the LOD? Why isn't it just Sting and Luger work twice? They have a tag team title match, and they fight the LOD, and if they win, the tag team titles are on the line because there's a chance that the LOD won a rematch, and they're not going to get it because they might have to fight Harlem Heat. Yeah, they were, they were a step ahead of you, though. Oh, yeah, they were, because we just saw some straight-up bullshit. We saw one of my favorite tag teams of all time because they are built right here from Chicago, Illinois, which, by the way, everyone's fucking built from Chicago. Lex Luger's built from Chicago. He's not fucking from Chicago. One Man Gang is built from fucking Halstead Street in Chicago, not from Chicago. As a matter of fact, I believe he's more from Africa than he is from fucking Chicago. <laughs> Oh, everyone's from fucking chicago but these two minnesota guys built from chicago fucking love them unfortunately they do probably the most popular thing in professional wrestling at this point they screw over a couple of black guys to get over that being the greatest tag team in wcw history bar none harlem heat yeah so that they could fight sting and luger for the tag titles my thought was Started Wouldn't it be second, but the Harlem Heat's better. If you got screwed out of the tag titles, wouldn't it be more revenge to screw the team that screwed you and cost them the tag titles and then beat Harlem Heat later on in the night to win them? That would make more sense. Man, I, I probably could have booked this shit better. How old were we? I was born in 87. I was nine years old. Yeah, I probably could have booked this shit better at nine years old than they fucking did. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll never know. That's what I'm saying. Like, why not screw Luger? Um, One man gang. What? Said maybe they don't like the way it feels. Yeah. One man gang from Halstead Street takes on the uh, Mexican and now United States heavyweight champion or, yeah, United States heavyweight champion. Conan for the title. Conan looked fucking buff as shit. Like, this is the most in shape I've ever seen Conan look. Yeah, this is before he was, you know, wrestling with a shirt on. Yeah. And there was a reason he wore a shirt. Yeah. Um, he's really from South Carolina, by the way. Oh, really? Build from Halstead Street, Chicago. Really from South Carolina. Because hmm. that's close. Yes, yeah, At true. least... At least Minnesota and Chicago are like kind of close. Like it's still the Midwest. Yeah, but you know that would make them Vikings fans instead of Bears fans, which you know makes them shitty people. Not necessarily. You could. I'm not a fan of doing it, but you can be a Bears fan in Minnesota, just like we've got fucking Packers fans in Chicago. Yeah, and they're shitty. I don't people. get it. They are. Uh, one man gang loses to Conan. 
it was not a great match. There was some weird spot where Conan like went and did a body press and they rolled through the ropes and kind of came down the steps really slow and yeah, bad chemistry. They shouldn't have had a match anyway. Yeah. Well, one man gang shouldn't have been having any of these matches. Then we have a leather strap. I respect you match. So apparently ladies and gentlemen, the goal of this match is Kevin Sullivan and Brian Pillman are going to get in the ring and they're going to have a strap match but they're going to whip each other with that strap until one person tells the other person that they respect them. Yeah, basically not quit match, but they just say different words. And there's a leather strap involved. Right off the bat, Pillman says, I respect you, Booker man. Yeah. This is the only thing out of six episodes of Nitro and so far in this pay-per-view that I enjoyed. Did you know this ahead of time? I know about the Booker man and wrestling the pencil and all that shit, yes. Oh, did you know that he did this, though, before? Yeah. Okay. It's in a Brian Pillman documentary. Okay. I was just curious if you knew about that before. Because the thing is, when I first saw it, like, I saw it on a tape. I didn't get the actual pay-per-view, but I saw it on a tape later on. I had no idea what that meant because I was, like, 10 years old at the time, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> so it was whatever. But, like, I remember, like, thinking about it later. I'm like, wait, did he? Uh, it was like one of those random things. And then I heard them talk about it on something else. I don't even remember what it was, but it was a few years ago that it just occurred to me because I remembered this match for some reason. I'm like he called him Booker man. And Kevin Sullivan was the Booker back then. Oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. He broke the fucking fourth wall. <laughs> Straight up broke the fourth wall, kicked right through it. So he shouts, I respect you Booker man. He bails. Kevin Sullivan looks confused. Arn Anderson being the consummate professional comes down and takes his place. Uh, and then Rick comes down and calls a truce, asks Kevin Sullivan and Arn to stop whipping each other, and let's get back on page because even though I've let you guys do dumb shit for the last six weeks, our focus is Hulk Hogan, and we need to get on that. It took him this long to do that. Hey, but he did it, all right? It took him six weeks and took him Brian Pillman breaking the fourth wall and leaving the ring, and Arn Anderson, listen. Ric Flair on several occasions has referred to himself as God, all right? Correct. It is not, it is not for us to question God's timing, all right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he took six weeks, but it's in his time. I mean, the real God created the world, heavens and the earth and all that in six days. You don't days. know what else Rick did. Six days. Um, you don't know what Rick did in six days, all right? Then we get what, again, sounds like a great match. Sting and Lex Luger versus the Road Warriors. No, it doesn't. And mind you, I'm going to call them the Road Warriors and the Legion of Doom back and forth throughout every episode of this podcast that we record, just like I will call the giant big show back and forth, just like I will call one-man gang, Akeem the African Dream, and so on and so forth. It is going to happen. Probably going to call six X-Pac a lot. <laughs> just get used to it it is what it is hey man we don't know him yet all right <laughs> travis we traveled back in time we know everything oh. we turn back time oh you fucker uh luger won't get in the ring like we spent damn near 10 minutes just watching luger walk towards the ring and then walk away like sting gets right in the ring luger's trailing behind because he's scared of the road warriors and, like, the announcers are playing it up like his problem is that they're still wearing their spikes. 
and Luger won't get in the ring until they take their spikes off. Well, that's not what's going on because they take them off, and it still takes them fucking forever to get in the ring and have this goddamn match. I, you know, I wouldn't be too keen on getting in the ring with the Road Warriors either. So, you know, I don't know. Animal's actually a pretty cool guy. I've met him. Yeah, I bet he is, but I bet he'll still fuck you up. He let me wear the spikes. That was cool. No, he like giving you a spike. No, he let me wear the spikes. He didn't give me a spike. This isn't Hulk Hogan versus Meng Travis. Nobody was given the spike. Sorry, you you wore his spikes. Yes. Yes. Uh, this match ended in a double DQ. Right on the forehead. No. Uh, double DQ. So we go through all the trouble of screwing Harlem Heat over to have a double disqualification and no finish at a fucking... Pay-per-views are supposed to blow fucking shit off. It's the point of a pay-per-view. Well, you know, Easy e has talked about this before. Not not the Easy e from NWA. Easy e as in Eric Bischoff. Talked about this. Yeah, the one that didn't get AIDS. Yeah, yeah. The one that's still alive. They uh he's talked often about how in WCW he just had nobody that could really book finishes. So that's how you get all these fucked up finishes. <laughs> yeah, and how their con- their concern wasn't booking for pay-per-views, it was booking to get ratings and blah blah yeah, blah. blah, television. blah. They, were, they were a television company. They weren't really a just a wrestling company. They were about television. And why pay-per-views didn't really matter to them. Unlike other brands and companies who take the gimmick match that happens twice a night and separate them. Now we've got two back-to-back cage matches. Mm-hmm. You've got the Giant versus Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair versus Macho Man Randy Savage for the world title. I'm going to let you guys guess which one main evented. I'll give you a hint. It's not the world title match. I mean, you know. It's Hulk Hogan. Hogan's a shitty worker. He is not a good technical in-ring sound worker. At this point in time, you guys can tell me whatever the fuck you want about, oh, you need to see Hulk Hogan in Japan. He ain't doing his Japan shit here. I'm not watching his Japan shit because that didn't happen in WCW or fucking WWE. What I see is what I fucking get, and he is garbage, hot, steaming fucking garbage. And Big Show, the giant, whatever you want to refer to him as, green as the fucking grass on a spring morning, cannot do shit, doesn't know how to do shit, and this is the match that we put on in the main event because one guy is really tall and one guy makes a lot of fucking money. Not two of the best workers of all time, character and in-ring, Ric Flair and motherfucking Macho Man Randy Savage for the title. No, not at the pay-per-view. We put fucking Hulk Hogan and Giant in the main event. The people came to see the Hulkster. Flair defeats Macho Man in a steel cage for the title. Flair tried to get a threesome uh, because he convinced Elizabeth to turn on Macho Man. So now Hulk Hogan had Elizabeth and Linda, and now Flair has Elizabeth and woman, and Macho Man has no one. And I feel for Macho Man, man. Mm-hmm. Like, this right here is the start of a story that's going to seem kind of familiar to you once it gets rolling. 
I also don't understand how Ric Flair's the one that's still alive. <laughs> Woman, <laughs> Miss Elizabeth, Macho Man, all dead. Ric Flair cheated death about as many times as he's won the fucking world title. Listen, he is the jet flying, limousine riding, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. And that's just what he does. All right. He's Travis said it earlier. He's called himself God. He keeps cheating fucking death. I don't get it. Uh, we didn't get to see Space Mountain, but we did get a couple shots of Flair's full moon because, again, there's an obsession with showing Ric Flair's butt. He likes people to watch him, man. Uh, Macho Man almost punched the fucking ref in the face. Did you see that part? Yeah, the ref had it coming. <laughs> uh, Liz turns on Macho. Liz turns on Macho, gives Flair the shoe. Um, and then an irate, and I, I spelled it E Y E R A T because he's only got one eye. Yeah, an irate Hulk Hogan <laughs> comes down, and you they start two words. I was. <laughs> they start discussing how all of a sudden they realized Liz's shoe came off real easy for fucking Arn Anderson when he stabbed Hogan in the eye with it. Yep. <sighs> All right. Hulk Hogan versus the Giant in a steel cage match. Yep. One-eyed Hulk Hogan versus the Giant in a steel cage match. Pirate Hogan versus the Big Show in a steel cage match. They're still claiming, as I said, Andre the Giant, or the Giant is Andre the Giant's son. It is what they talk about more than anything during this match. And I save this question for you, Travis. Hindsight being 2020. If you had Andre the Giant's son or someone that you're billing as Andre the Giant's son, and you had to pick a spot as a heel for him to be and a manager to manage him to go against Hulk Hogan, and you got all this WCW talent. Is there anyone possibly employed by WCW that might make a better manager for the Giant than Kevin Sullivan in the Dungeon of Doom? I mean, I assume you're referring to Bobby the Brain Heenan. Why the fuck wouldn't you have Bobby Heenan be his manager? If you were going to plug him as Andre's son, why would you not have Bobby? That would have made everything so much better. There'd be no Dungeon of Doom. It would be Bobby the Brain Heenan now coming after Hulk Hogan with Andre's son, yeah, the Giant. Well, he's on the commentary team now, so that's just he has a different role. You use the which in these six in these six weeks of programming, I'm very disappointed that I didn't get any good body Bobby Heenan quotes. Like in the time that this happened, you, he didn't really say anything that was so like really fucked up that made me write it down. I was gonna say yes, shit. Shit Heenan says is not going to be a segment because there was no racism, there was no homophobia or sexism, or he didn't even talk about how Hogan jerked off Arn Anderson. I was surprised about that. Like, that's a Bobby Heenan thing. When Hogan's got his hand out Arn Anderson's pants for more than 30 seconds, that's something Bob, Bobby Heenan talks about. He's like, man, he's sure been digging down there for a long time, must not have been able to find anything. Yeah. Something like that. We got nothing. Yeah, yeah, I was disappointed. I'm like, yo. Yeah, what the fuck, Bobby? You couldn't give me one? 
This was God fucking awful, Travis. From start to finish to post-match, everything about this was bad. I figured it out, Matt. You don't know how to manage your expectations. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's what it is. You don't know how to manage your expectations. If you went into this knowing how shitty it was going to be and just wait for the shit storm to happen and enjoy the ride, you'd feel a lot better about it. I can't enjoy something this bad, Travis. Oh, yeah. We literally, the longest oh, yeah, yeah. fucking bear hold rest hug I have ever seen yes. in my life. And it was hilarious. Hogan no sells the fucking choke slam. And of all people Hogan should not be no-selling for, if he's trying to push the giant, it's the fucking giant. If you want this guy to be like Andre, you should not be no-selling him. Not only that, he gets the win, gets hit with a chair, no-sells that, and then single-handedly takes out with the, again, worst chair shots I have ever fucking seen, the entire Dungeon of Doom, who are just walking at Hogan and waiting for their turn to get hit. Over and over and over again. All right, well, look. See, I knew you were going to bring this up. So here's the thing. At least he had a chair. So in the future, when something similar happens, I'm going to need you to keep this same energy, all right? Because in the future, something very similar happens, and I'm going to need you to keep this same energy, all right? Okay? I know what you're, know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Not the same thing. Oh, it is. It's worse, actually. No, it's not. Yeah. I've yeah. seen it. It's not worse. It is. It it's is. not worse. It's worse. You know why? Because that character is based on Bruce Lee, and Bruce Lee could do that shit. No, that's not what I'm or talking Brandon about. Brandon Lee. We're talking about something different, then. You're not talking about Sting taking out the whole NWO by himself? Yeah. Okay. The Crow, Brandon Lee. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, fuck off. No. No. Just keep that same energy, bro. We haven't even talked about the worst part of this. Oh, I know. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down the ring comes fucking a 500-pound man in a tracksuit and hobo gloves. Yeah. And they start saying he's the Loch Ness monster. I don't know why he's the Loch Ness monster either, Matt. Don't ask. I have no idea. When I hear Loch Ness monsters coming to the ring, I expect to see something that looks like, oh, I don't know, Luchasaurus. That's what I expect to see. What's a Luchasaurus? You'll find out. Go watch AEW Dark. He doesn't exist. I'm sure we'll talk about more, more about that very soon. The lies, the falsehoods. There is no such thing as a Luchasaurus. Did you go watch AEW Dark? No. Okay. Well, all of the matches that don't make AEW are on AEW Dark, and I told you that. And I told you that's where you can find Luchasaurus because kind of like that other segment we have, not good enough for Hulu. Unfortunately for you, Luchasaurus is not good enough for TNT. Here's the thing. If it didn't happen on TV, it didn't happen. Anyway. You can find all these random clips you want because that's what you showed me before. These other clips. I'm like, hey, look at this guy. I'm like, yeah, that's cool looking. Then I actually watch the product, and there's no Luchasaurus. Yeah, he doesn't exist. Go ahead. But there is a Loch Ness. And here's the thing. Unfortunately. They had the Yeti. 
who did jack shit was completely pointless, but at least like they dressed him up. He humped Hulk Hogan. Yeah, no, he, he fucked Hulk Hogan. Probably the greatest thing he ever did. Ron Reese, by the way, f- future member of the Ravens flock. We'll get there. At least they dressed him up as like some kind of monster, even though like a Yeti and a mummy are completely two different things. At least like they did that. This guy's down in a brown tracksuit and hobo gloves. He's not dressed as anything. Like the shark is dressed like a shark. The Zodiac has like weird face paint and black and white colors. One man gang is dressed like a street thug. Like, or what, you know, old white people think a street thug looks like. Correct. Yes. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't have him in blackface, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially back then. He's not dressed as anything. And they're calling him the Loch Ness Monster. And the Dungeon of Doom, who all just got their ass kicked, aren't even letting him get in the ring to attack Hulk Hogan. They're pulling him back and stopping him when the whole point of the shit is to defeat Hulk Hogan, to yeah, destroy Hulk Hogan. Their ass is kicked already, so they don't want their boy to go in there and get his ass kicked too. Like, yo, we going to live to fight another day. Travis, we've been friends a long time, right? Yeah. And in our friends group, we've had people come and we've had people go. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. When someone new comes to the group and you know and I know they're about to go do something stupid, but they're new to the group, what happens? Oh, we watch them do that stupid shit. But that's not the point. (laughs) That is the point. That is the point. You let him go in there and you watch him do the stupid shit because he's new and he don't really belong here yet. He ain't proved himself. Go in there and get your ass kicked like we did. We already know what's going to happen. Now you go. (laughs) Fucking hot garbage, Travis. You're welcome. Fucking terrible. (laughs) Brutal. Like, I didn't think it was going to get any. Like, I I was legitimately really pissed off watching these title matches. And then Hogan go on against bullshit in the main event. And the other thing. Over these title matches. I figured out your other problem. You can't manage your expectations, and you really don't drink, so you weren't drunk while you were watching this shit. So That's it was true. way less fun for you. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if I drank or if I could get high, I'm sure this would be so much better. So from now on, ladies and gentlemen, I recommend before going and watching any of these episodes of Monday Night Nitro for the foreseeable future, at least episodes of what? Monday Nitro. For the foreseeable future, at least for the next few months, if you were going to do so and you're going to put yourself through it, have a nice drink, glass of the bubbly, maybe some wine, beer, shot, whatever you want to do. Sit down with a nice whiskey, however you do it, or go smoke a blunt. Or just get, you know, get a glass pipe because, you know, blunts cause cancer. Whatever you want to do. I'm just trying to keep our people healthy. You know, I appreciate that. But please be in some other state other than sober before you put yourself through this because otherwise you're probably going to feel like I do unless you've got nostalgic feelings for this bullshit. And if you do, I'm sorry that this was your childhood because this is fucking hot garbage. Just hot fucking garbage. Oh, man. It was fun. Partially so much fun because I knew how much you hated it. And here's the thing, like, it's not helping my hate for Hulk Hogan in any way, shape, or form. Oh, no. It's making me hate him more. Like I said, after this, though, it'll get better because I'm 
it's either after this pay-per-view or after the next one, he disappears for a while. So oh, well, not really God. disappears, but he's like very sparingly used. Oh, thank God. Ah, uh, fuck Travis. I don't even remember how we closed the show out. Mm. Bye. <laughs> for Sir Cussalot, Travis Pointer, I'm the Warden Matt Ritter. Thank you for joining us here on Patreon. I hope you guys enjoyed it. You guys keep following along. Our next block of shows will pick up the Nitro after Super Brawl through the next pay-per-view. So please go check those out and look for our next episode. The next one? What? Uncensored is the next one, right? 96, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So please go watch those, follow along with us, and let us know what you think about mine and Travis's evaluations of 1995-1996 WCW. Peace.